Welcome to the Black Wolf Media Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Evans. This is a show where we dive into the stories of black entrepreneurs and business owners, and we talk about their brands and entrepreneurship journeys. Let's get into this episode. What's going on, guys? So if you're looking to keep up with the Black Wolf Media podcast and everything that's going on, go ahead and sign up for our weekly newsletter at blackwolfmedia.substack.com. Again, that's blackwolfmedia.substack.com. Peace. Zay. Adrian, what's up, brother? What's going on, man? How do I sound? You sound pretty good to me. I can hear you clearly. Cool, cool. You sound good, too. Okay. All right, man. You ready to get started? I'm ready, brother. All right, man. Welcome to the Black Wolf. I have a special guest. His name is Xavier, guys. He is the founder of Exceptional Society. Um, Xavier, man, go ahead and uh, tell the people how you're doing, man. Tell the people a little bit about, about yourself and what you do. Oh, well, well, first and foremost, thanks for having me, man, on your podcast. Of course, of course. Um, again, my name is Xavier Me, and just a little brief background about how me and Adrian know each other. You know, we played AAU basketball together. Oh, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> many, many years ago. We, we go way back. <laughs> way back, way back. I'm talking yeah. about, man, when I sucked at basketball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But you know, I'm 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 a Raleigh native man. I live in Cary, North Carolina now. Um, you know, I went to Wakefield High School, played high school basketball there, played college basketball at St. St. Augustine's University in downtown Raleigh. Um, so I'm definitely homegrown and been here most of my life. Um, I've worked, you know, a nine to five for most of my life. The last five years, um, you know, I, I went into entrepreneurship and you know, just a little bit about why I did it, man, was, you know, I just got tired of being told what to do, when to do it and how to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and just also kind of my vision, the way I, I, I always seen it was to get to where I wanted to get to. I knew that I was going to have to bet on myself because nobody was going to pay me what I was worth. Um, sure. So that's what's kind of led me, you know, to to being an entrepreneur um, outside of not accomplishing you know, my basketball dreams, you know, yeah, when, yeah. when I, when I was in college, you know, I tore my meniscus three different times. So I had three different knee surgeries and had to battle back through rehab multiple times, um, which essentially somewhat crushed my basketball dreams of, of going overseas yeah, playing yeah. professional basketball. So that's just a little bit about me, man. We'll get deeper into it. Um, but that, I just want to give you that little background about me. For sure, man. And um, guys, just to let y'all know, you know, being that we do go way back play, playing basketball, man, I remember when I I really sucked, and I <laughs> and and I did not. I'm gonna be honest, man. I did not. I got a little better, but I still sucked. <laughs> football <laughs> football was really my thing, man. As you guys heard, Xavier, he really went on to to be a very exceptional player, um, and it's crazy, man. Like I remember back in high school when I went to Sanderson, man, um, when we had to play you guys we were warned about you. You know what I'm saying? And I remember, man, coach saying, hey, they got this one player at Wakefield, point guard. We got to watch out for him. You know what I'm saying? So 
man, Xavier, you were an amazing player, man. And um, I, I even, you know, and I'm also from Raleigh as well. So, you know, it isn't just basketball that we know each other. Um, and Absolutely. I always heard about you at, you know, St. Augustine as well. You know, I went to Winston-Salem State. So, yes, sir. Um, that's pretty dope, man. And so, man, my question to you is, man, I, I, I think, uh, well, before I ask you that question, I think it's, um, you know, every entrepreneur definitely comes to that point, man, where um, they want to do something creative on their own. And they, they're not really they, they figure out that they're not really for the nine to five. And, you know, and it could be other reasons like such as management, being dickheads and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So my, my, my first question to you, man, is how did you come up with Exceptional Society? Um, that's an awesome name for a business. And what exactly do you do? when it comes to exceptional society? Yeah, yeah, awesome question, brother. And, you know, so how I came up with exceptional society, of course, my name is Xavier. And anytime I ever thought about doing anything in my life, I always wanted to strive to be the best at what I did. And so I would look at, you know, different words that were synonyms of, you know, greatness or, you know, being excellent or, you know, being the top in your field. And, you know, exceptional just came to me and I just dropped the E off of it to make it more um, in alignment with my name, to, to give it a little uniqueness. And yeah, so yeah. What, what exactly I do is, you know, I'm a financial consultant um, and I, you know, kind of concentrate in business consulting um, in regards to helping people structure and create businesses the, the appropriate way to make sure everything is structured um, so that when you, st when you go to get funding, um, right, if you want to get business credit cards, business loans, um, personal loans. I look at how your business is structured. I look at your personal credit. I look at your business credit. And if those are things that need to get in order, you know, I have um, different services that I can help you, you know, essentially repair or grow um, whatever side of your personal or business finance needs to be taken care of to put you in a position to be able to scale your company. Because one thing that I noticed, man, is, you know, I've actually done some financial teaching and consulting at North Carolina Central. I went, I came on as a advisor for free, um, okay. working with their entrepreneur department and everybody has these million and billion dollar dreams, right? Like there's a ton of million and billion dollar dreams, but the execution part of it, which mostly sometimes is the finance, right? Or just the funding to be able to execute on whatever plan that you have was, is what 99% of the people typically are missing. Yeah. Right. A lot of ways to do things we, that doesn't require money. But at some point in time, you're going to have to invest some money. You're going to have to put some Definitely. money in your mouth is in order to grow your business. So for me, I concentrated on in the beginning with Exceptional Society, strictly personal credit before I started doing more consulting. Um, and literally the way that my business was started, bro, is in the heart of COVID. Right. When everybody was faulting on their bills, when people were paying their bills late, the way I looked at that, unfortunately, was as, was an opportunity to solve yeah. the problem. Right. So when I seen I, I, I seen in the future that there were going to be problems with people's credit because people were getting laid off. People yeah. weren't paid. So what does that mean? If you're not getting paid, the bills don't stop coming. That just means you're not going to be able to afford your bills. And then what's going to happen? Those late payments and those charged off you know, debts and, de and, and collection companies are going to put that stuff on your credit. So I said, you know what? I'm going to get certified in credit repair 
and I'm going to solve a, a billion dollar problem that I know is coming to pass very, very soon yeah. to put myself in the way of that problem so I could give people the solution, right? And also during that problem, I knew money, people getting access to money was going to be really crucial and important. Mm -hmm. uh, so I bought a mentorship that taught me not only, not only, you know, on how to help people get personal funding, but also how to get business funding um, so that people could become entrepreneurs because a lot of people had no choice but to go into business for themselves during COVID because nobody was hiring. Right. Um, so I just put myself in front of that problem, you know, and made myself available to, to bring a solution to the marketplace. Man, that is awesome. I, I think it's cool how um, during that period of time you saw an opportunity and you went head on and, you know, you saw a trend as well. Um, it, it was becoming very prevalent that people in that time were losing their jobs. Um, and as you said, the bills, the bills don't stop coming. They keep coming. Um, but I think it's awesome that, you know, uh, you were able to jump on that. And, and that's the thing about being an entrepreneur. You really figure out a way to serve others, whether it be financially, aesthetically, um, physically, mentally, emotionally. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's all types of aspects of entrepreneurship. Yep. Um, and so, you know, my next question to you is, man, like in that time when people were having difficulties financially, how were you able to gain clientele and make people see that, hey, I can help you out. I can get you a little further than you are now. Man, the way I got clientele in the beginning was so unorthodox, brother. Um, it, you know, when, when I tell people in the beginning, it almost sounds like something that's scripted out of, out of a movie. But I tell people it's literally just the faith that I had. Yeah. Um, so. First, before I go there, right, I want, I want to bring this full circle. So right before COVID happened, I was uh, a year previously before that, I was living in South Carolina. I was selling timeshare. I was in corporate sales with Wyndham down in South Carolina off, off of Ocean Boulevard making really good money, right? Yeah. And I got to the point, though, to where I couldn't agree with the business practices, right, that this corporate entity was pushing off on me. In order to in order to push me into management that literally I quit my job and, and moved in with my parents and said, you know what, I'm a bet completely on myself mm. because I've worked so many different jobs to where sales always came easy to me. But it was always something missing in terms of fulfillment internally, yeah. um, in terms of what I wanted out of life. And so I said, you know what, I keep going to these different jobs, right, looking for that thing that's missing. And obviously I've been to umpteen jobs and it's not about the money. It's really been more about what I wanted from a lifestyle perspective and also not to have that proverbial glass ceiling that I can't break through, right? Like I yeah. wanted unlimited income potential. I wanted a schedule that I can create that gives me the ability to grow outside of a cubicle or outside of working inside of four walls. So when I quit that job, which was strictly spur of the moment, spiritually, I just kind of went with my intuition. At yeah. that point, um, I moved in with my parents. I worked a pizza job, bro. Um, like I literally all the way humbled myself. Yeah. And I, I was making $10 an hour for about seven months at a pizza place. And during that time period, I also was doing e-commerce sales on the side because I had a really good friend from UNC Asheville that started an e-commerce company and asked me if I wanted to come on and help with sales because he knew I had a very... Um, deep experience in sales. So he wanted yeah. me to help with the sales process, 
um, some, you know, with training some of his people, but also, of course, bringing in revenue by taking leads and, and closing them. Yeah. So, man, I remember my second month getting into that on the side while I'm working the pizza job. Literally within my third month, man, I had my first $15,000 month in sales on my on my part time job compared to making ten dollars an hour at this pizza restaurant. Wow. So as soon as that happened, you know, I put my 30 day notice in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and because I seen an opportunity to invest more into myself to start my own business and to really scale my vision and my dream. And once I quit that job and I went full in on doing e-commerce sales for a little while, I was averaging anywhere from 15 to 20 grand a month doing these sales, working remote. All this stuff is from home. Um, then eventually I move into my own place when I move out of my parents' place. And that's when I go all in on my business. I buy all, I buy all the equipment, the software, um, get the mentorships that I needed to really know exactly what I was doing with credit. And bro, once I understood the um, skill set of credit repair, which is how Exceptional Society started, I said, man, how can I get clients um, in order to start making some revenue doing this? Because I'm, I'm all in. You know, that's the type of person I am, man. I yeah, always yeah. go all in on whatever it is that I'm doing because I feel like that's just the way I can get the most out of it. That's how I can maximize, maximize the opportunity. Um, so <laughs> literally, I had already worked on my credit, right? Um, and so I, at the time I had like a 780 credit score. So I said, how can I, how can I use my credit score, right? To create a situation to where I can show people that I, I'm the proof of concept of my skill set, so that I can attract clients. So no lie, bro, I off of Capitol Boulevard, there's a Roy's Royce dealership. So I went there and I test drove one of their new Corvettes that they had over there. Well, it's a used Corvette, but it was very new, of course, um, over there at that dealership. And it was a beautiful car, $98,000 car. I applied for it, right? Not knowing whether or not I'm going to get approved or not, but I knew I had great credit. So more than likely, they were going to approve me and I knew yeah. they would see my credit score. So they approved me for the car. Of course, I didn't take it because shit, that would have been, well, excuse my French. That would have been, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a $1,300 car payment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... I met the general manager of Roy's Royce because once he seen my credit, he came and talked to me. He was like, hey, man, you know, what's it going to take for you to buy this car? I said, well, look, man, you know, I'm going to go home and I'm going to talk to my, 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 my woman and see is this a good sales transaction for us and our household. But before I leave, this is what I want to let you know. I am a financial consulting company with a concentration in credit repair. I said, I know you guys probably have a whole bunch of clients that come to this dealership that want to get approved for a lot of these nice cars and they just don't have the credit. I said, so if you ever need a, a point person um, to send your clients that have less than good credit to so that I can get them in a position so that they can buy more cars from you guys, I'm pretty sure I can help you increase your bottom line from all the people you have to turn away um, because of bad credit. And man, Whoa. literally two weeks later, he sends me five different clients and he says, Hey, um, you know, I want to I want to pilot this. I want to see how it goes. Um, and then if everything, you know, goes well and, and your customer service and, and, and the service that you're off offering is good, is competent, then, you know, I'm going to try to send as many people your way as possible. Um, brother, inside those first five clients that he sent, one of these guys was a VP of the number one authorized dental um, reseller. Right. They did dentals, uh, dental implants. Um, they did complete bridges and different things like that. 
this guy was a multimillionaire. He weighed, he made like six million a year yeah. in salary. So he opened me up to his network um, because I, I helped him get approved for a $2.5 million house because when he came to me, he had about a 590 credit score. And it amazed me in that moment. I was like, dang, bro, you're, you're a millionaire, but your credit is like this. And he was like, yeah, yeah. He said, yeah, man, you know, I'm used to just being cash heavy. So I pay for everything with cash. But, you know, I want to start getting into the real estate game and I don't want to use all my cash. I want to leverage the bank's money. So I need you to help me get to a 700 credit score. Within three months, I helped him get to where he needed to get to in order to get approved for a $2.5 million house. Um, and from there, he sent me people. I met another millionaire who I helped with his credit. He got approved for a Roy's Royce truck after I finished doing his credit um, without having to use his money for down payment and stuff like that. And really, that kind of started my pipeline of clients because in my mind, I always said I wanted to have a, a more boutique style company to where I dealt with clients that weren't going to haggle me about price. So that's why the first place I went to was Roy's Royce, because I seen my company as a company that serviced people who were financially literate and weren't going to argue with me about price. Because that's one thing I never wanted to, to deal with yeah. um, with people haggling me about how much I charge for my my service. Yeah. And and I, I think, you know, speaking about price, man, I, I, one thing I've learned is that you know, when you get when you get a potential client or customer and the first thing they ask about is price, usually they're not going to pay for it. That's that's Absolutely. something I've learned. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, back back to the to the to the networking, man, and, and the clientele. I think that is awesome how you were able to seize the opportunity and bridge the gap from one business to a, to another. Absolutely. And I like how you went in and emphasized. And then, bam, you just you hit them with the, you know, you hit them with the bow, the bow and arrow and you just shot them with, you know, the opportunity. And he sent you clients, man. Then one client sent you other clients. Um, tell me, man, like, what was that like for you when you were getting all these clients, man? Like what's going through your mind? Um, you know, what kind of emotions are you experiencing at the time? Man, it was for me, it was liberating to know that. Like something that I started off of 100% faith without knowing exactly how it was going to go, that I was able to manifest a product or a service that put me directly in connection with people, you know, who are living the lives that, you know, I've always envisioned myself living. And, you know, for me, you know, entrepreneurship is more about spirituality than it is about the physical. I always tell people entrepreneurs you know, aren't any better than anybody else. They just mastered the skill of believing before they see it, yeah. right? Because as an entrepreneur, like you have to conquer the fear of what can go wrong and really work into what can go right, right? So, um, you know, for me, it was just amazing, man, to have these guys invite me to their house and invite me out to eat because of a service I was able to do to help them live a better way in their life. Um, and I was just very appreciative that these people trusted me with their confidential information, right? We're talking about, I'm dealing with people's social security numbers. I'm dealing with their addresses, their, their, their licenses. So, you know, for me to be able to build that type of rapport and that type of trust off of one or two conversations to have these millionaires trusting me with their pertinent information, you know, I knew that um, everything that I did, you know, what was was directly in alignment with my purpose and, yeah. and that's what i like to live in is in my purpose um 
and so because I do a lot of things un a lot of people would say I'm unorthodox, man. I'm an unorthodox entrepreneur. I call myself a spiritual entrepreneur because I I don't do exactly what every other entrepreneur how they go about doing things. Yeah. Everything for me is about data. You gotta you gotta go off of data. You have to go off of the facts. But a lot of my stuff is very intuitional based, man. Um, you know, I, I do what's good for me. I don't do what what's good for everybody else in regards to how I approach things. Yeah. Okay. Tell me, man, like, you know, as far as your intuition, you know what I'm saying? You're a very spiritual being. How can one strengthen their intuition? You know, the entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast, man, how can they strengthen their intuition and do more of what's good for them in their business? Man, the number one thing I'm going to say, bro, is study your history. Study, especially, you know, as a black man, you know, as black women and black men, and that's why I advocate for, um, I'm always listening to Dr. Umar, man. I love that dude, man, as much yeah. as he advocates for our community. So I'm in the same mindset of when it comes to black men and black women, a lot of us don't have an identity. A lot of, a lot of us don't know where we're going because we don't know where we came from. And it's because mm. a lot of us, most of the time, don't put a lot of onus um, on learning about our history. We don't go talk to our elders, right? We don't talk to our grandmothers, our grandfathers, our great aunts and great uncles about, you know, where our family came from. You know, I, I specifically paid a lot of money through different services like Ancestry to do blood tests and, and spit tests to figure out what tribes I really came from, what part of the world my ancestors came from. Because in doing that, I was able to learn how my ancestors practiced spirituality. Right. And I'm a firm believer that you cannot know where you're going if you don't know where you came from. Yeah. Because if you know where you came from, you can have an identity. If you have an identity, you can have a purpose. And if you have a purpose, you can operate through your intuition because, you know, spiritually, you're fulfilling the obligations that your ancestors left you the breadcrumbs to follow. Mm. Um, and that's how spiritually for me, I've been able to tap in and ground myself in the energy of not just God, but my ancestors, man. Um, and sometimes you can be operating in a lane that goes in direct confliction with the strengths and gifts that was, you know, anointed to you, um, but just not even know it. So a lot of it, man, I've been able to figure out on ways to operate that that's in direct strength with my bloodline. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome, man. Okay. So man, next question I want to ask you, man, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, where you started, you were, you know, working at, at a pizza place, making $10 mm -hmm. an hour. But then on the side, you had an e-commerce uh, business with a part, mm -hmm. you know, 15, 20K. Now, you don't have to say, but from where has, you know, from going 20K, where are you now? And is there a different feeling? for you uh mentally physically emotionally um in all aspects of so yeah let's see how do i want to attack this I, I'm, I'm gonna say this how i physically emotionally and spiritually feel working directly for myself um and operating my own company is completely liberating and gives me a sense of security, yeah. right? Which, which um, for a lot of people, you think about entrepreneur and you're like, 
you know, security is one of the hardest things to find in entrepreneurship because you're constantly experimenting and testing new ways of being better and yeah. getting consistent revenue to come in. Um, but one thing that I've found for myself in this journey of being an entrepreneur is the more you're uncomfortable for me, the bigger the blessing is. Mm. Um, and the reason I say that is oftentimes, you know, when you don't know exactly what's going to happen, that means you're operating, you're operating in direct alignment with what you're supposed to be doing. A lot of people know exactly what's going to happen with their jobs, right? A lot of people know exactly what's going to happen, you know, in, in their corporate structure. And so it's the same monotonous task day after day after day that you, and, and it's the same pay hourly or commission based that you know you're going to make. But that unlimited um, aspect of being able to What's good, everyone? If you guys are enjoying this show, please be sure to share this with a friend, family member, or coworker, and leave a five-star review. Now back to this episode. Peace. Create something that you didn't know was going to happen, man. It's it's magic in it. Um, I don't I don't know how to explain it because you know as you have a vision and you meditate on that vision and you constantly work on writing it out and you work on building that vision. You have no choice but to, but to become better as a person, as an entrepreneur. So, you know, I feel so free, man. I, I feel great. Um, my company's in a great place. Um, I'm actually looking to add more skill sets because um, at this point, I've decided that I want to be more of an investor um, yeah. rather than just always operating in the company. Um, so, you know, just recently, I've actually started studying option trading. So stock options. Yeah. Um, Cause my personal goal, man, I want to be a billionaire. That, yeah. That's my, that's my personal goal. And so I'm digging deeper into investing and in, in, into finance so that I can understand this game at a masterful level, you know, at, at a level that really is unconceivable to my family. You know, that, yeah. that's my goal legacy wise to put my bloodline, my last name in a position to where I can have a blueprint of information not just financially, but spiritually, man, so that we're making the money, but we're also enjoying life, bro, because peace is so important to me. Yeah. Um, and that's why entrepreneurship has been so great to me, because I can create uh, my routine and my environment that, you know, gives me peace. Um, yes. Just because, just you know, a lot of us grow up in chaos, bro, and it's hard to operate in chaos and grow consistently. And when you're in peace, man, when you're able to think, you're able to be really dangerous. You're really able to be surgical about what you're doing um, just because you're, you give yourself the space to be able to create. Yeah. Um, and as, of course, as an entrepreneur, you know this, you know, you, you're a producer, you know, you, you're, you're not a consumer most of the time. You're thinking of ways on how you can bring value to the marketplace instead of going to the marketplace and buying something. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely true, man. Um, okay. You mentioned, you know, one thing you mentioned that one thing you've emphasized is skill set. Mm -hmm. And so my question to you, man, is what skill sets would you credit towards getting you where you are today? Man, um, 
that's a great question, bro. Um, I, I could tell you finance in regards to l- knowing how to leverage credit to get access to money to yeah. invest. Um, but like I, like I said, bro, to me, that's secondary. Um, the ultimate skill set that got me where I am today is having a vision, mm, crafting okay. the vision, and having faith in the vision, mm. right? Because I meet, I've met a lot of people who know way more than I do, bro, but they don't act on it because they don't have the faith. They don't truly believe that they can accomplish what it is they're accomplishing. Yeah. They're trying to accomplish, I, I, I should say. So what got me here, bro, is strict, strictly belief and faith, bro. Um, and like, so if we take it back to sports, I just, right. Cause, cause we, we can identify this. Easily. Yeah. That's why I think a lot of athletes do really well in business or just do, do really well in competitive work environments because those characteristics were ingrained in us from a young child on competing and, yeah. and showing up as our best every day. And I would say that as a, you know, former athlete that, you know, just putting in the work when nobody's watching and the belief you have to have in yourself, right, to be a good athlete, it directly translates to business, to, to being an entrepreneur. And because you got to have faith, right, whether it's football, basketball, right? So if we look at basketball, you got to have faith when you shoot that shot that it's going to go in. Exactly. You, you got to have faith that when you're dribbling that ball, that that defender isn't going to rip you, isn't going to take the ball away from you. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly forced, forced to believe in yourself um, before plays actually happen. And it's the same thing in business. Before transactions happen, before I get on a sales call, before I invest this money, I'm forced to believe that what I'm about to do is going to work out in my best favor. Um, and I think my confidence and the belief that I have in myself is my biggest skill set at this point in time in my life. Okay. That's awesome, man. And, and, you know, you, you, you mentioned sales and I think sales is like an important skill that pretty much like everybody should at least study, you know what I'm saying? Or at least have. Absolutely. And so, um, my question to you is, man, like, what do you think are the key aspects of sales for people to like, let's say you have someone listening and, they may sell a product, a uh, physical product, or they may have an ebook, or they may even run an e-commerce store, and they may not be performing as well as they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question to you, man, is um, what are some key aspects in the sales process that they need to pay more attention to and hone and just take a, a dive into? Um, well, the first thing is setting the tone for your day. So if you're in any type of sales position, you have to develop a routine to where, first of all, you set a goal for whatever it is that you want to accomplish, you know, in, in, in your sales cycle. So looking at how many appointments, how many, how many leads you plan on getting, um, how many deals do you want to close, right? How much revenue do you want to generate with your product or service that you're selling? But most importantly, the the tone that you set for your day when you wake up in the morning, well, really it starts before you go to sleep. And, and for me, this is how I would do it. Um, I would always write out at night, you know, what I wanted to do, what my goal was for that next day. Um, and I would meditate and visualize 
me closing the deals. Um, because like I said, man, when it comes to visualization, there's definitely something powerful about rehearsing it in your mind and in your spirit before you actually practice that thing physically. So first of all, getting the head right, you know, setting the tone, setting the, the environment for you to come in confident and believe that you're going to close your deals. Um, second is honestly learn just being able to have a conversation and build a, a rapport with a person, whether it's in person or on the phone. Um, a lot of my sales that I did in the beginning were over the phone, so it wasn't in person. So I had a lot of practice with just being able to have conversations with people because I was authentic. Um, yeah. Although we, we always had scripts, um, I would always adjust those scripts to my personality. Um, and, you know, some people say, you know, some people are just gifted with, right, the gift of gab when you're talking to people. Um, I've always been comfortable creating relationships because relationships have always been important to me. So when I got on the phone call, I literally wanted to get to know the person I was talking to, you know, so I would ask them about their family. I would ask them what they do for work. I would ask them, you know, why is it that you even scheduled this phone call with me? And what are you looking to get out of this conversation? And one thing that I noticed when I would always ask people that they would always tell me exactly the way that I need to sell them. They're going to tell you what's important to you. If you ask them directly, you can't be scared to ask questions yeah. um, that's going to help you navigate that sales call and literally give you the ammo, the ammunition that you need in the back pocket to close them on the back end. Cause people, when people tell you what's important to them and then you get to the end of that phone call after you've explained to them um, what it is that you're offering them and how it can benefit them and how it can increase the value of their life. And they tell you, well, I got to think about it. All you have to do is go right back to why they told you it was important to them to get this or to be on this phone call with you. Yeah. And then that's when you, you somewhat strap them down, right, to what was important. So now you can get to the real objection, right? Because all an objection really means is they don't believe in or they don't trust you as a person. Because most of the time, you're not selling your product or your service. Right. You're selling yourself. So right. when somebody doesn't want to buy from you, they either don't think you're knowledgeable about what you're talking about they don't think you've been professional on the call or they don't believe you're trustworthy right so in order to establish trust you have to get to know that person and let them know you actually care about them and how this particular product or service is going to increase the well-being of their life or their bottom line if you're dealing with c-suite clients when it comes to you know selling to um corporations yeah yeah um and so i mean you know that that like you said, y'all, you know, that's pretty much building rapport. Um, I know for, for example, the late I was doing um, real estate wholesaling. And w like when I closed my first deal, I made like $5,000 from my first deal. When I closed my first deal, I talked to the customer on the phone or I talked to customer client. You know. But anyway, um, on the phone and I just kind of talked to them like I knew them you know what I mean yep. and it, it it came very easy wrong is always nervous people you don't know on the phone but I For had, sure you know in in prior to getting my first deal man I had been making calls and sending out texts for like three months and then I got my first deal and so it became nothing I got used to it and I just talked I knew them came very comfortable to close that first deal and so 
you know, that's very important. And it's not even all about the sale. Like you said, it's more about selling yourself, having that confidence, man. And and they can sense that when they sense you have confidence and you know what you're talking about, man, you can close it easy. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, man. Um, so yeah, man, question to you, man, is, you know, um, how, for, for, for the people that are listening, man, like say you have that they may want to get into the financial industry and, and granted there's, you know, all types of ways. Um, there's all different aspects of the financial industry, but let's say somebody wants to get into credit repair. Right. So what kind of advice would you give that person? Where should they start? Where should they look? And, you know, how do they go about doing this? Um, well, I would specifically recommend that, you know, you find a community, right, a finance community, um, a mentorship, or a specific person that will advise you on the best practices, the best strategies in order to, you know, to successfully start and grow a credit repair um, company. Um, because for me specifically, I invested in a company named Recession Proof. Um, it was a guy named Marcus Barney, uh, known as Him500 on Instagram, who created a community called Recession Proof. Yeah. And literally, this was, like I said, during COVID that I found out about them and I paid for this. I paid five grand for this course and didn't yeah. know exactly how it was going to go. Um, but it gave me the step by step. It gave me the blueprint um, on not just on how to do credit repair and to have the systems and to make this system efficient. Um, but it told me how to create a company, what the best practices were in order to make sure everything was, you know, compliant, right? Because a lot of people create companies and your company is not compliant. Yeah. They don't know how to do annual reports. They don't know how to file an LLC, how to get the EIN number, how to find out what your NAX code, what your NAX code is, which is what banks use when you apply for business funding. Um, they don't know how to go about getting an inexpensive logo in the beginning to try to keep as much money on hand as possible. Um, you know, it's just a lot of little, they don't know how to get a company address without actually buying, you know, a, a rental space. They don't know how to get a company phone number. They don't know how to get their business um, streamlined in regards to how to get more visibility on Google and Bing and Yahoo listing and 411 and different things like that to make your company look more professional and credible. Yeah. So the most important thing when you start any business is to try to get some type of mentorship so that you can speed up your learning curve so you don't have to hit your head against the wall trying to learn how to do everything yourself. Yeah. Um, that was the thing that helped me get started within two to three months um, it, with my credit repair business because I wasn't trying to figure it all by myself. I said, you know what? I'm going to leverage my credit. I'm going to pay for this mentorship. And, you know, I'm going to study like my life depends on it. Yeah. Um, so that I can really, you know, re realize my dream of owning my own company. Yeah. Okay. That's solid, man. That's solid. Um. Well, Zay, man, that's all the questions I have for you, man. Like, if you could you um, close us out with a message? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the thing that, 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 that really is on my heart um, specifically is right now we live in a time where everybody is concerned about how much money we can make, 
right? Which granted money is important, right? It, it's a resource, it's a tool that allows us to experience different things in life that we've always envisioned of doing or, or buying and having. Um, but I, I really just want, especially, you know, black people, I want us to really focus um, on our, on our spirituality, bro. And the reason I say that is because when I was just strictly focused on the material and the, the finance part of things, just money and, you know, getting that car that I wanted or getting the house that I wanted, bro, it is so easy to get tricked out of your position when all you're focused on is the money, right? Because that's only one part of life. Yeah. And th there's a reason why you see millionaires and sometimes billionaires commit suicide, bro. And when they, when they tell the stories on these people on how they didn't feel fulfilled or they never feel like they captured that carrot that was always dangling, even though they had all the money. In most cases, it's because a lot of these people aren't fulfilled. They haven't went inside, right, Inter internally to figure out what really makes them happy, right, or what's really going to give them fulfillment, what's really going to give them purpose, because money is just money, bro. Like, money doesn't make you a good person. It doesn't make you a bad person. Typically, it just enhances what you already are. So yeah. if, you were, if you're a shitty person with money, then if you have more money, you're probably going to be even shittier. But if you're a right. good person you're probably going to be better because it equips you to have more resources to do more good things for other people. Um, you know, and, and for me, it all starts with, you know, just gratitude, just being thankful that literally we're alive, bro. Um, yeah. And I think that's a big reason that I'm able to keep moving forward is because I always look for ways to be grateful and thankful for what I already have. So I think God continues to bless me with more things to be thankful for. It's just, it, it's all about that, that attraction, bro. Literally yeah. attracting what you want. And the way you attract what you want is by being that thing in the moment, right? Mm. So if you want to be rich, if you want to be spiritually fulfilled, you got to start in the moment by trying as many ways as you can to be that thing already so that you can welcome in more of it. Um, so, you know, I urge people to try to find ways that you can just be at peace and be as authentically yourself as you can because the more authentic that you are, the more opportunities are going to come into your life that are in alignment with a life that's of peace to you, with a life that's uh, with, with a life that's abundant for you or prosperous for you. Because I firmly believe that everybody on this earth is meant to have abundance and, and is meant yeah. to be prosperous and is meant to to to, to be happy and have fun and, and enjoy their life. But you know, you have to first like be real with yourself and ask yourself: Are you being authentically you, right? Or are you wearing a mask? Or are you doing something because your family wants you to do it? Are you doing something because your friends or people around you are expecting you to do something? You, you, you got to really live life on your terms for you to really live life on the terms and experience the vision that you have inside. Um, so I just ask people, man, spiritually, just get right. Just know that sometimes you're going to take five steps backwards to go 10 steps forward um, because a lot of us have been go have been have came a long way. Um, but like Cole said, we've came the wrong way. So sometimes you got to isolate yourself, really sit with your thoughts, really sit with your vision, sit with your dreams and decide whether or not you're going in a direction that's in alignment with that vision or that dream. And yeah. just know it, sometimes it may take a year, right, for you to really get on get on the course or the path that's really meant for you. Because like I said, man, I mean, when I moved in with my parents, um, which was kind of devastating for me, 
Um, I was with them for a year before yeah. I moved out. And then that next year, I'm owning my own business, brother. Um, and, and doing some of the things that I've always wanted, having one of my dream cars and, you know, having a very nice townhouse and different things like that, that I always envisioned for myself and, and traveling out of the country and, and doing different things. So just um, keep betting on yourself, you know, whoever is listening um, yes. and invest in yourself. You know, I've probably invested over, over the past, I would say five years. I've, I've invested at least probably 60 to $70,000 just into myself in terms of education. Yeah. Um, just to continually up update, you know, myself, just update the way that I think, update the way that I approach things, become more efficient in my practices and the way that I think I've invested into my health. Um, because I always tell people, what's the point in, in having a hundred million dollars or, or being a millionaire if your body ain't right, right? You only get one vessel, right? You only get one body. So, if you want to make a lot of money, I'm pretty sure you want to enjoy it. Invest in your health, man. Yeah. Figure out how you can have a better diet. Figure out how you can take more supplements that's going to help your body be more operate at a more optimum level mentally, um, neurologically, fit, you know, just regularly physically, so that you feel good. Because sometimes we don't even chase our dreams just because we don't feel good, because we don't like the way we that we're overweight, or we don't like that. You know, we always feel bad because all we're eating is fast food. Like that stuff is really real. When yeah. I start listening to a lot of different information from different millionaires and billionaires on how they approach their life, health is important to a lot of them because they realize in order to have clear cognitive thought, you got to fuel your body with the right with the right gas in order for it to run clean. And, you know, yeah. for us, our gas is what we what we eat, what we drink. I always give people an analogy, right? If you buy a Ferrari, you ain't going to use 87 gas in that Ferrari. It's not going right. to drive. <laughs> you got to use 93. It, it takes premium gas to to um to fuel that premium high class exotic vehicle, right? And people will get a car like that and take and, and take care of it, have it looking immaculate. But when we approach our bodies, we'll put anything and we'll put trash in it and expect for it to op operate at an optimum level. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. You know, we should approach our bodies the way we would approach owning that Ferrari, that Royce Royce. Um, you know, and that, I mean, that that's my main, main message, man. Take care of your body. Take care of your mind. Um, know that adversity is always going to strike and adversity always introduces you to who you really are. Right. Like anybody can be that happy person or that joyful person when everything is going right. But adversity always introduces you to the real character that you have. Yeah. Um, and that's going to dictate how far you go in life. How do you respond to adversity? Don't react, but respond. Because when you respond, you can choose how you're going to approach it. When you react, that's instinctive, right? Yeah. We're instinctively um, trained to react in a negative way because most of the world is negative, right? So when you teach yourself how to respond instead of how to react to things, you can control how you're going to go about handling life instead of letting life handle you. Um, it, it's a famous quote in a player's club. And this is funny, you know, make the money. Don't let the money make you seriously. Yeah. It's just a tool, you know, it's not everything, um, you know, bro. And I mean, that's, that's, that's what I have for you in terms of the message, bro. All right, man. And, and you just, you just, Dropped the line from a classic. 
it's one of it's a classic movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, awesome message, man. People, um, uh, man, there, there you guys have it. That was a solid message from a solid brother. Um, Zay, man, thank you, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to interview, man. This is uh, this was an awesome interview, man. You dropped so much game. Um, thank you, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Brett. And I, I thank you for inviting me on, man. And we definitely got to connect in person. It's, it's been so long. You said you're in Winston-Salem, right? Yeah, I live in Winston-Salem, man. I got, got a wife and a kid. So, yeah. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, That's man. Awesome. How long have you been married? Um, May 27th of this year will be nine years. Man, congratulations. And thank you, do you, have, do, do you have a boy or a girl? I have a boy. He's three. Oh man, that is yeah. so that's a blessing, bro. Yeah, Congratulations. Man. Thank you, thank you. Congratulations, bro. All right, man. And and yeah, we'll definitely connect, man. Definitely. Um, you know, uh shoot, I can come to Raleigh, come to Winston, it don't matter. Um Any, my house is open, brother. For sure, man, for sure. Well, all right, guys. Uh that's the end of the episode, man. I hope you guys were able to uh, you know, receive everything from the message that he dropped. Um, and I also hope you guys, man, take take notes. I hope you guys were able to take notes. Um, look over some of this stuff, man, because this brother dropped a lot of knowledge, dropped a lot of gems. Um, but that's it, guys. That's the end of the episode. And I'm out of here, man. Peace. All right, brother. Peace. All right, guys, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for sticking around. If you guys really enjoyed this show, please leave a five-star review and share this with a friend, family member, or coworker. And if you guys have any suggestions as far as what to talk about on the show and who review, please email us at blackwolfmedia18 at gmail.com. Again, our email is blackwolfmedia18 at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Until next time.